Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Master Your Mental Podcast. If you are new here, my name is Paris, and I am the creator and host of the Master Your Mental Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here to tune in and hear my amazing guests and I describe the ways we can leverage and shift our mindsets to take the best possible care of our mental health. I launched the podcast as a way to motivate, inspire, empower, and educate people on these interesting topics. My background and passion for this all stemmed from the field of psychology. After completing both my BA in psychology and my MBA in healthcare administration, my passion for mental health only continued to grow. As a result of this, I launched Master Your Mental to bring more awareness, tips, and conversations to the table about these topics. You guys might be wondering, what does the mental stand for? Well, it stands for mindset, engagement, nutrition, talk about it, accountability, and love yourself. These are all the building blocks that make up what Master Your Mental is all about. If you would like to learn more, become a guest, or connect, feel free to reach out to me by shooting me a message on any one of my social media platforms you guys can find in the link in my bio on my Instagram at master your mental. Now let's get into the episode guys. Hello guys, and welcome to today's episode. I cannot wait to bring you the value packed inside of this episode because we are going to be talking about what you see right here as the title resiliency for mental fitness. And I have a great guest for you guys, as always, who will be joining us here in a moment to get into this conversation. But the reason I wanted to have this conversation about the connection we have here between mental health, physical health, fitness, and what fitness can do for our mental health and how it can help us in overcoming these these barriers and hurdles that we're faced with and feeling like we can't come out of is something that my guest is going to be shedding so much light on in this episode, as well as the connection that she has in her practice of healing trauma through fitness as well. And this is something that I thought would be such a good episode for you guys, because I know for myself personally, Fitness has been a big part in my journey that has really helped me with my mental health and really maintaining that and taking good care of myself in that aspect by moving my body and getting outside and doing different things and different kind of fitness activities that you guys love to do and that we all know. And some of us love them, some of us not so much love all kinds of things with fitness, but we do know that it is great for helping and healing different things that we're dealing with, with our mental health. So that's really why I wanted to talk about this today with my awesome guest and have her bring the awesome tips that she does to the table. She really talks about how to cultivate this balance between success and suffering. And she talks about that in detail. So I'm not going to get too into that because she says it way better than I could say it. And also in this aspect of stillness and not being so extreme. And when we're trying to do different things with fitness, so constantly being on the go, doing so much, go, 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 and really overworking our bodies, which can lead to burnout and actually make us 
in, in a worse position with our mental health. So she talks about that as well and how her experience in the fitness industry has really helped her master that and understand how to cultivate this aspect of resiliency when it comes to being mentally fit through working out your body and how that can lead to strengthening your mind and aspects of your mental health as well. So I love this conversation and I'm so glad that I got to have it today and get to bring this to you guys. So let's get into this to learn how to access resiliency for mental fitness. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Master Your Mental podcast. I am so excited to be diving into this topic of resiliency as it relates to mental health and fitness. Joining me to share her experience and tips in this area is my awesome guest, Erica Thomas. Erica is a highly caffeinated coach, course creator, podcast host, and entrepreneur with a certification collection that includes registered yoga teacher, trauma release exercise provider, and health coach. She is the owner and founder of Elemental Kinetics Online Trauma Release Studio and has almost 25 years of experience in the fitness industry. I'm so excited to have Erica here to get into this conversation with me. So without further ado, Welcome, Erica, to the podcast. Thank you, Paris. What a great introduction. Thank you of so much. Of course. Yeah, so excited to have you here because I was reading through her bio, you guys, and this is such a good topic. We're going to be getting into this connection here between mental health, fitness, and her background and her expertise and tips. Get ready for this one. I'm so excited about this. And before we dive in, I'd love to love if you could tell us a little bit more about you and what lights you up. All right. Well, I am uh, like my like you just read, I have about 25 years in the fitness industry and I started way back. It feels like so, so long ago in the dark ages in the fitness space with martial arts. And uh, if you speak with other fitness instructors, coaches and things like that, we often start as independent contractors. And what that means as an independent contractor is that the great thing is that you work for yourself. The, the, the bad thing is that you work for yourself. And so um, if you want to make more money, you have to work more. So it's always dollars for hours, which is fine if you don't intend for what you teach to be a full-time job. So if you think about it, uh, when a fitness instructor steps in front of the class, they are giving you 100% of their energy, of their focus, of their time, and it's an amazing thing. And then they go and do it again and again and again. And there's only so many hours in a day when you can do that. And as much as we love that, fitness instructors are like super high energy they love what they do they are born teachers they are born motivators they love their people you can only do so many hours of that in a day physically physically you can only do so many hours of the day and what i have found in the course of my 
my career is that almost every single one of us who does this has at one point and most of us many points completely burned ourselves out physically mentally and emotionally to the point that it uh, borders on self-traumatizing now for me i was looking for a way to shift my uh, my focus on what I taught. So I started in martial arts. I was all hardcore all the time. So the hardest classes, that was what I wanted to teach. I wanted to be the strongest person in the room. And I felt like I had to be that in order to deliver a class for everyone in the room. It was absolutely excruciating and for many reasons. But at one point, I just, I finally, <laughs> finally realized you just can't sustain that. You can't sustain that level of activity for very long. And so I, I moved into the yoga space. I, I brought in yoga as a way for, uh, for me to balance that, you know, I was thinking, okay, so if I teach yoga, then it'll be I'll have a way to to balance that energy. I can still go hard on all these other classes, but you know, in yoga, I can balance it. Not knowing, not understanding at the time that that um, you know, balance doesn't mean you keep adding things. Mm. You know, if you're trying to <laughs> if you're trying to balance out your burnout, you probably shouldn't be adding more things to your schedule. Um, but I didn't understand that at the time, and so. Um, but interestingly, and through some divine timing, and um, when you look back over your career, sometimes you can see those moments where oh, I had to be there in that moment in order to get this bit of wisdom. And that's what happened to me. So it's through yoga, my yoga training that I was able to um, dive into the trauma informed space. And it just really, really um, lit something for me and I wanted to go deeper. And that's where I was introduced to trauma release exercise, the whole tremor um, uh, mechanism that was developed by David Berselli. And another moment of divine timing that brought me to uh, North Carolina happened to be right down the street from a certification center for trauma release exercise. And I was like, ah, I'm going to take that. <laughs> so here it is, here it is, um, you know, 20, plus years later, and I've got a way to um, start from scratch and recraft what it is I offer. And as I look back over that career as a fitness instructor, I want to provide something that I never got. Mm -hmm. And that is mentorship and an understanding of how to navigate my own stress response so that I can help my clients navigate their stress response. Because wow. here, here's the thing, we live in a systemic, in systemic dysregulation. Mm -hmm. This culture we live in today is a culture of stress. We celebrate it, right? We, we celebrate the overwork, the overwhelm, you know, that's, that's really what we celebrate and we push. We don't celebrate just sitting on the couch or resting or taking time off. We don't celebrate that. And as we know, stress lives in the body, whether it comes from chronic 
overwork or whether it comes from childhood trauma, it's going to live in your body, in your muscles, in your tissues. And group fitness instructors, coaches, and trainers, we work with the body. Everyone that comes into our classroom is dripping in stress, tension, and trauma. That's half the reason they show up. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know? Wow. You you just said so much right there that just hit home on so many levels. And especially when you talk about just like, like that was funny when you mentioned the balancing part of how you were doing the martial arts and then saying, okay, well, yoga, like, you know, it's, it's like less, it's like not as intense and all this stuff. So we'll add that onto the plate. And then I feel like that so many people can relate to that, you know, adding right. something else into yes. the mix yes. that seems like it'll be good for us, right? It'll help us slow down, be more present, more patient, more in the moment. And it's like, it's awesome. It looks great. Like add it in, but then you don't see the impact like you're talking right. about of how all these pieces slowly learn to slowly lean towards being burnt out. And yeah. then slowly, like it all hits you and you're like, wow. And it, you start to sink into the overwhelm and to getting into this space that is hard to come out of that really does damage our mental health. And it's, and it's, it's kind of a funny thing when you think about it, because you're doing such good things for your body, you're moving, you're getting that mm -hmm. active, you're physical, you're doing what you need to do. But at the same time, like you said, you know, being an instructor, you can only do that for so many yeah. hours in a day. Oh my yeah. gosh. And that shows up for in different ways for different people. For me, it showed up in some really severe gut pain that was undiagnosable. I went to tons of doctors. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with me because nothing would show up on a test, right? Things that come from stress don't necessarily come up in on a testable test, right? Um, I really had some depressive, some deep depressive system, uh, symptoms for a long time because I was in chronic pain for so long. And that um, will really shift how you see the world and how you feel about yourself and what's going on and 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 related to that of course anything that comes from the gut as we know is really gonna uh, you know can really flip your your mind right all of that is connected there and um and really i i didn't know how to get out of that i was so deep into that like i couldn't figure that out i i really didn't have the skills mm -hmm. and I didn't understand what was going on, why my body felt so hypervigilant all the time when nothing around me was a problem. Like it, it's really hard to, to wrap your head around that. Your body's telling you that you're not safe and your mind is like, there is absolutely nothing wrong right now. Yeah. And it can be really difficult for people. And really it's just the nervous system asking you to take some kind of action so that it can let go of what it sees as a threat. And if you don't take action in the way that the nervous system understands, it's never gonna let it go. It's, it's like the two parts of you speak a completely different language and they, they stop communicating when you behave in ways <laughs> the way I was behaving, mm -hmm. which were to basically cut myself off from my body as I was in classes and completely dissociated from my body in order to be able to do the do, do my job. I couldn't feel what I was feeling. Um, otherwise, I would have stopped. 
Right. So, (laughs) oh my gosh. Like, I would love to ask you, like, was there a moment that you remember, like a pivotal moment happening in your life where you decided I need to make a change. And then you started to like, what was that process like for you of coming to the realization of how damaging this was for you? And then starting to do the work to come out of that. I'm trying to think if there was one particular day I do, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't say if it was one particular moment, but it was a a moment in time. It was a, you know, a a space of time where um, I would be in class um, doing, you know, what stands out to me is push-ups because I had, so I had a, a lot of overuse injuries in my shoulders and I had separated my shoulder a couple of times and, but I, you know, you can't take off. You can't, Mm -hmm. there's nobody, you know, I felt I was like plagued with ego. So I was like, nobody can do it. Like I can do it. So, (laughs) so I'm going to get in there and do it. And so, um, pushups are my favorite thing. And that is still true, but I can't do them anymore. Mm-hmm. And and I remember uh, several years ago, it was probably five years ago, I, I was be in class setting up for for some set of push-ups. And I remember holding the plank and hearing my body say, please don't, please don't, please don't. And then ignoring that. And I can be in, um, as I was practicing and bringing more trauma release exercise into my own personal practice, I remember, um, you know, that is a long process. So if I'm not sure how familiar you are with that process, but you trigger a tremor, a very easy tremor, low intensity tremor in the body. And it just, you just let it go. And the tremor will go into wherever it needs to go into in the body. And it will um, basically shake off the tension that 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 you've been holding on to in different ways. And there was a um, it will sometimes go into the fascia and our fascia is very structural. It protects our joints and muscles. It kind of holds us together when we've done things we probably shouldn't have done. So, (laughs) So mine was super tight around my shoulders because I've just been beating them up for 25 years, right? And so I remember going into this one session, the tremors happening and, and I am just this sadness, just, just dripping over me. And I, all I could think of was that, you know, my bones are sad. Like mm-hmm. this is so deep in like my bones yeah. are just grieving mm-hmm. right now. So please stop. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It just sounds so. like you, you just push and push and yeah. go. And where do you think that comes from? Like just that, that drive to keep, like, even though you know, your body is, is trying to tell you this message of, you know, this is, a lot right now. This is like, stop, like take a break. Like when you have that, like, where do you think that comes from inside of you? Well, I'm sure my therapist has a whole (laughs) lot of ideas for you. (laughs) That's a different episode. (laughs) Yeah. that's. We may not want to go that deep down the rabbit (laughs) hole, but, but I would, you know, it is, it is a little bit of ego there. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, I think that there's some there's some pride. I mean, you want to be seen as a fitness professional. You want to be seen as a professional. So, what does that mean? 
What does that mean in the fitness industry? Well, the body brand nation says that you have to look a certain way. You have to, you know, structure your classes a certain way or lead them a certain way or have a certain personality up in front of the class. And whether you buy into that or not, there is something about that there. You know, even if you're you're not intending for that to happen. I mean, you step up in front of a class and everyone is looking at you. The people that walk into your classroom, they have all different goals. Everybody who steps into a fitness room, I don't care what format it is, mm-hmm. everyone is there for a different reason. And none of those reasons probably match your reason that, you know, that you're there. It took me a long time to separate my workout from the workout that I was sharing with the class. And um, that's just, you know, that I'm going to just admit that. I don't know that other instructors will admit that, but a lot of us start in this industry so we can get paid to do the workout we're going to do anyway. So if you start there, once you learn that that's not really how it's supposed to go when you start teaching 10 classes a week and 15 classes a week and 24 classes a week when you get up to that insane level um when you figure that out that it's not possible it's almost too late like Mm -hmm. this is a habit this is a habit of how to behave in front of a class and it's not it's Mm -hmm. not good it's not um, we don't want that, but sometimes it's really hard to pull back from that because now all of your students expect that from you, you know, and and they don't understand when you're not doing that, even though it's really good to model that kind of behavior. Like when you are not, when, you're, when you don't get on the bike in front of your spin class, when you say, I'm going to teach off the bike today, they think you're dying or sick mm. or something like, what's wrong with you? Why can't you get up there? Like, yeah, but- I feel like. Oh my gosh, that okay, when you just said that, that made me think of the per- the perceptions that we have, right, of ourselves and then the ones that the like in, if you're teaching a class and you said you're not on the bike and you're off and you're trying to teach off and then what does the class think? Or they think, "Oh no, is, is something going on? What's happening?" Have, having all these perceptions and thoughts of right. the instructor and what's going on, but I think that sometimes, you know, we can we are are hardest critics. Right. Oh, and I feel like you can probably yes. definitely agree with me on that. Oh, like, yes, absolutely. And just hearing you talk about, you know, just like your entire journey so far in this fitness industry, and then going from, you know, incorporating different things into your practice and then trying to like learn that, you know, of being okay to take breaks, because, you know, when you think about it, you're like, Oh, fitness, like go, go, go. You're doing this. You're over here. And you don't really think of, Oh, like, on the couch, you're taking a day off, you're taking a break. It doesn't really go together, but I think, you know, that brings me to the point of the trauma, trauma informed practices you were talking about. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear about that. And like, what, what did that do for you of incorporating that and then starting to implement that into your practices? Like what, what did that do with, with doing that? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So here's, here's how that works. This is a gift to all group fitness and and other trainers too but it 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 fits really well in that group setting it's a way to include yourself as an instructor in the kind of rolling recovery that every individual body 
needs mm -hmm. so that their nervous system can practice that release and basically replace that mm, that high alert that constant high alert hypervigilant state that mm. we tend to be in so the best way for people to recover from uh, a trauma response like a chronic trauma response in the body is to give yourself lots of opportunities to reorganize the nervous system's response throughout the day. So it's not just doing one thing once a week, you know, one hour once a week. And that's the that's kind of the issue with things like trauma release exercise. So you practice this X, you know, once a week, twice a week, three times a week, yes. But you could be practicing the same principles of release many times during your day and reconfiguring your entire nervous system response. So it's really, really resilient and able to come back down into, into you know, social engagement all the time. Like yeah. without you having to try anymore that the nervous system is like recreating and it's replacing it with a new story. Basically, you're you're teaching your body a new story to tell about the experiences that you're having. So it doesn't wow. have to always go back to the story that it's always told itself based on your history, whatever your experience in your history has been in the past. And that's what we get locked into so often. So whether you know, it's you're an instructor like I was and my experience in history was through that, you know, supposedly healthy lifestyle of basically living in the gym, which turned into something not so healthy. Or if you're coming to it from a completely different place, you know, we we have some agency there, we have control there. So for instructors, if you can incorporate that kind of thing, that activation and release with real intention and attention to what you are doing in the moment and making it a point to really build your own safe self-regulation techniques so that you can co-regulate with your mm. class. I mean, that's huge right there. I love that, that. that is like the true north of the wow. system that I that I that I teach right now is safe self-regulation for the instructor mm -hmm. and then safe co-regulation with the class. And everything wow. kind of stems from that. I love that. And I think I think that's amazing the fact that you incorporate movement into that. Cause I know you've touched on trauma getting being trapped being stuck in the body right the body mm -hmm. like, there's a book the body keeps the score absolutely and, and remembers that and i feel like when you're able to implement that but then on a you know like you said like not to an extreme where it's like all oh, these classes like we're like living in the gym and doing all this but you're able to do it in a way to help yourself release from that and then start to like you said like start to like open up that resiliency through mm -hmm. these practices because that's such a beautiful thing is to have like have movement as mm -hmm. a tool to overcome these experiences that have, that have happened to you that have been very difficult, extremely challenging and traumatic and have gotten in a way stuck in inside of you. And like you said, to, to have those stories that we tell ourselves and to start to tell ourselves a new story of how mm -hmm. to move forward from this and, you know, how to, how to come out of this, you know, in a, in a more, 
just positive way instead of letting that continue to sink and sit inside of you and to not to not feel comfortable doing a lot of things. I think that's such a great thing that you have and that you've done and that you've incorporated into what you do with your clients because that's a huge one, especially when we're talking about mental health, right? And this integration of mental health and physical health and fitness and moving your body and what does that do for your your thoughts, your your, the way you see yourself, the way you see the world around you. So I'd love to ask you too. I mean, if you've noticed anything just from your experience so far in terms of that, what, what do you feel? What do you feel the benefits of fitness have been for you just in terms of the state of your mental health? Well, I have to say that, uh, let me, let me just give you a caveat there. Okay. Because movement is really, really key Mm -hmm. at that mind body connection. But if you overdo it, it's, it can be poisonous. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I will just couch this in movement that is at an appropriate intensity for the nervous system is will work wonders. And, um, that intensity is much lower than what we imagine it to be. Mm-hmm. The body doesn't need you to go to a 10 in order to release tension. In fact, there's a line. If you think about effort on a scale of one to 10, there's because all movement, like just standing up out of your chair is going to trigger your nervous system to activate. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so whether, even if you're very happy and you know, whatever it is, it triggers it to activate. That's, that's the point of the nervous system. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we want to move from that up a little bit, but we don't want to go so far that now we're on fire. Okay. So, so as far as fitness goes, we we want challenge there's a balance between challenge and um success Mm. okay there's a balance between challenge and success and there's a balance between challenge and suffering Mm -hmm. and we want to ride the line if our purpose is to use movement and fitness as a way to improve our mental health, okay? So wow. there's there's so many things, there's so many physiological things that happen when you exercise, right? Um, heart rate and cardiovascular fitness and all of these things. But exercise is, I mean, we are, we are made to move. We were born to move. The human body craves movement. It might not like it all the time, but it really (laughs) wants to. It really wants to move. So it doesn't have to be super extreme. And I think that's that's a key takeaway, because I I think a lot of people who are who lead very stressed, stressful lives will choose very stressful types of exercise to meet that. Yes. Wow. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. When in reality, the body isn't really asking for that. Now, that's not to say you can't work out in that high intensity place or Mm -hmm. shouldn't. Like there is a place for that. But part of the integration that I'm 
trying to bring to this industry is that we need to also include true recovery and restoration for the nervous system after that. So if you're gonna go that high, you have to come back to stillness, at least stillness. Now there's other, there's other skills and tools and things that you can use to help the body you know, integrate itself back into recovery. But if you don't come back to stillness, you just step from one room that's filled with a tiger and into back into your life that's filled with tigers. Yes. And so you're just living with tigers, but that's it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, oh my gosh, you just brought so much there to that, that response. I love how you talked about, I'm, I, you guys, I'm sitting here right now writing notes down. Cause this is so good. I love how you talked about that balance between success and suffering. And then the avoiding that, that, dr that, that drive to, to be so extreme, right. In your workouts right. and all that stuff. And then stillness, because, oh my gosh, like, especially when you, when you talk about this for mental health and, and then how this has just been huge for you and this transformation of being able to access these things of the balance aspect, all of it is so important. And, and, oh my gosh, I could, I could sit here and I could talk to you about this all day long. Cause it is such an important topic. And especially when we, when we're trying to figure out things of what do we do to improve our mental health. And you think about workouts, movement, and all these other things that we could do as well. But this is such a big one. And I love that, that you touched on this and just that relationship and the connection that, um, accessing this aspect of fitness does for our mental health and for our states of that and for improving it and making it better, but being aware, like you said, of that balance. So, oh my gosh, what, this is the question right here that I always love to ask everybody because everyone always has a different answer. And I love this because you learn so much from this. So Erica, I'm going to ask you, what are you currently doing right now in your life to master your mental? Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> so I hope this isn't too strange, but I am like actually getting up and getting dressed every morning. Like, okay. No, this is weird. Oh, it's not weird. But here's here's the thing. When you are a solopreneur, if you work from home, like many, many people did for, you know, COVID or whatever, you know, it's so easy to just sleep in. You don't have to do anything. If you want to get out of your pajamas, you can get out of your pajamas. If you're not going to, you, nobody's going to see you except, you know, waist up on Zoom, whatever. Right. But I realized, I realized that I needed a little bit more structure as far as not just, not just for my own mental health during the day to feel better and have more energy, but also for, you know, for my, my attitude and my business because I work from home, I am, you know, online all the time. And it's a little bit more motivating. So what I have been doing is actually getting up when I wake up at 530. So mm -hmm. my eyes will open and often I'll just, you know, hit the snooze or whatever and go back. So now we actually get up, we start coffee, feed the dog, take the dog for a walk, even though it's pitch black. You know, we're just yeah. going to go out and walk the dog in the dark, come back, and then I'll do no more than about 15 or 20 minutes of some kind of movement. And I've been, this is actually a new practice for me, not structuring that. 
because that it's super easy for me to get into this competition, you know, this self competition, like, okay, how many sets are you going to do today? How many, like, this is correcting some long held <laughs> beliefs. <laughs> so, you know, I might hold the plank for a little bit or, you know, just super easy. Sometimes it's yoga. Sometimes it's, it's dumbbells. Sometimes it's, um, uh, trauma release 15 to 20 minutes, take a shower, and then have breakfast and coffee. And by then I'm actually awake and fully functioning human being. And I start work earlier, I get much more done. My energy is level throughout the day. It's, it's amazing. I'm sleeping better at night. It's just a little miniature, you know, morning. And I love that. Yeah. And I mean, see, for me, like, it works, but I know yeah. you were saying in the beginning, you're like, this is, this is strange or weird. I think that's amazing that the, the fact that you have that morning routine and you stay consistent with that, because sometimes it can be hard to do that, to, to push yourself. And I think that's amazing that you do that just to start your day on that note. And to really, like you said, do these little things that you've lined up for yourself and staying consistent with that is huge. And that's amazing. And I love that you bring that as what you're doing to really work on mastering your mental daily, because it's such a great practice to get into of, you know, doing these things right when you wake up or right before you go to bed and having that be consistent to produce these results. So I love that. I think that's amazing. And honestly, like Erica, I just want to thank you so much for coming out here. This, this has been such a great conversation. I loved being able to feature a little bit about your story and these awesome tips that you brought to the table for the ways that we can incorporate fitness and learning these aspects of balance, stillness, and really honoring ourselves in this journey of incorporating that with our mental health. And you did such a great job of breaking this down and bringing all this to the table for everybody. So thank you so much for coming out. This is amazing. I love this chat. I feel like I could just talk to you forever and ever and ever, but this was so awesome. So thank you so much for making the time to come out here. It was such a pleasure talking with you. You're so welcome, Paris. I've really enjoyed it. And can I just congratulate you on your book? Because oh, thank you. I think that is fantastic. And um, what, what a wonderful thing. What thank a wonderful you thing. so much. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That means a lot. And yeah, I really poured my entire story into that. So uh, it's been a journey for sure. And I know you can definitely relate with your journey. So this has been such an awesome episode, you guys, and I cannot wait to release it. And whether you guys are listening during the daytime or during the nighttime, hope you guys have a great day or night. And I'm going to end it on this note and say bye to you guys and bye to Erica. So bye, Erica. Bye, Paris. All right, guys, that was the end of the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed creating it for you. As always, if you guys would like to get in touch with me to become a guest or share your thoughts, you can do that in a number of ways. You can shoot me an email at hello at masteringmental.com or you can DM me on Instagram at masteryourmental, where you can also find a link in my bio that you can use to find me on all of my other social media platforms. I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your day and thank you so much for listening to the Master Your Mental podcast. Have a good one, guys. Bye.